Welcome to the Mental Mile. I'm Charisty. I'm Christy. And we are moms, friends, and therapists. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today, Christy and I are just going to have a catch-up session and find out what how things have been going personally and professionally. Christy, I think you probably have uh, more to talk about than I do because you just launched your ebook. Oh, Charisty, you're so nice to me. Um, yes, I did. And, um, you know, it's sort of funny, like how all of this came together, right? Because we connected and then you connected me with Emily and she did our podcast logo. And part of why I decided to redesign it was from working with Emily, but also seeing um, your book running for mental health, because the illustrations were just, I think, helped it come to life in a different way. Right. So it's all the same content, but I had her redesign and do the layout and do um, some illustrations. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. I feel like looking at it because I'm so visual is like self-care in and of itself. It's like soft pastels and um, a little bit of a bright, a bright orangish red color, but um, I have it right. I have it opened in front of me. I have, um, yes, yes, look at this, look at this beauty. I know people, people listening can't see it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I'm really excited. That was my big project that I was working on. Um, you know, in addition to the Instagram and to the podcast. So it feels really nice to have that um, just finished. And I think next steps that we'll talk about more is figuring out how to get it self-published and you know everything that you did with your book as well to have a hard copy option, which I'm really excited about. But just for now, I'm, I'm really, um, really excited. So yeah, I was curious if you wanted to keep it just as an ebook or if you're gonna end up turning it into um, something, a physical book. Yes, I'd like to have that option. I think most people will probably use it um, digitally, but Emily did like the dual page layout for me and then the single page for um, for the ebook with the live links and everything. And I was talking to my friend um, who is also going to be on this panel that I'm doing for a live event for parent self-care, and she won our giveaway with the Joy of Movement and your book. Um, and we have like a weekly chat where we catch up and she's like, I'm doing Charisty's book. You have to tell her this is my oh, third running. Um, I was, I got it at the right time, right? Like I was ready to receive the message at the right time. And we've talked about how, um, something that's worked for me in terms of just doing a little bit of running is having the kids get on their scooters. And then I run after them because I'm really missing the days where you could just pack them in the stroller and go. Um, and so I hadn't really found like my new system and that turns out it's working pretty well for me. Um, yeah. So we were talking about that and I said, you have to email Charity because you know, you work on these things and you write these things and they mean so much to you. And then they go out into the ether and you don't really know like how it impacts people. And even when they buy it, which is so exciting, you have no idea how it impacts them unless they were to email you something. So I just wanted to share that feedback with you. Oh, that's so great to hear. So a highlight for me was recently I did um, I, I did, presented a talk um, on mindful running and um, it was you know over Zoom you know, virtual talk and um, someone got back to me afterward and told me that they had requested to their library to get a copy of my book at the local library yeah I was like I have never even thought of that I thought that was yes. so kind and now I'm like I should maybe go like donate some of my books to some of the local libraries or something just to get it out there. Um, anyways, maybe you'll want to do the same thing. In a different way, that's very exciting, I think. So I've been reading a lot and doing research on um, 
And we've been talking a lot. How do you monetize these side hustles? How do we learn these marketing skills and sales skills that we don't learn, obviously, in terms of becoming a therapist, right? Um, and they were saying, here's the benefits and the downsides of selling on Amazon. And obviously, they take like a bigger cut of your um, of your profit on Amazon. But I also think it's exciting to have it there or exciting right. that it could be checked out from the local library. That's, yeah. that's a really you know neat idea to me. So. Right. And, you know, part of me, there is kind of like that monetary stream of like, you know, you want your what you put out there to be successful um, in that way. But I also for my book, you know, I created it a lot for um, like the actual clients I was working with. And so just knowing that people are using it is rewarding. And I'm um, and exciting that, you know, someone would want it in their library. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's about the money. So. Definitely. So, yeah. And you have also been doing um, a lot of Instagram lives and presentations. And I've, it seems like almost every day I'm like, oh, Christy's doing another Instagram live with another like really cool professional person. And um, I just thought maybe you might enjoy sharing some of the highlights of some of the collaborations you've been doing recently. Oh, sure. I think um, I did one yesterday with uh, Sergio from Rooted Parent Movement, which was really neat. And I've been wanting to collaborate with dads more because I do feel my community is so mom centric. Um, and a lot of the people I interact with are moms. And I I love to hear more of the dad's perspective as well. Um, and he happened to be like local in the Bay Area, but we connected through Instagram. Never would have met if it weren't for that. Um, and he's just a dad that's really passionate about boot. Um, building movement into your daily life. And it's just been sort of funny, like collaborating with you. I think this was just sort of meant to happen at this time, because what I shared with him is that I am more, if I have my choice of self-care time, more internal, right? Like I'd like to cozy up and read a book. I'd like to draw my iPad. I'd like to talk with friends versus Mm -hmm. like getting outdoors to do a run or even exercise that I like. It's just not what I gravitate towards as much. Um, And I felt like you brought an expertise in that area. And then he brings an expertise in that area. Um, But I think with the pandemic, I have this renewed like gratitude and sort of focus on physical movement for mental health because, you know, I work at an elementary school and when we're business as usual, I'm walking around all day. I just don't think about it. So I'm going to all these different classrooms or the front office or picking up kids or checking out what they're doing at recess, going to walk to the farthest end of campus to make copies. And all of that doesn't exist right now. I mean, I haven't been on my school campus to work in, you know, over seven months. So there's all these ways that movement was built into my daily life that I didn't even think of that's been um, taken away during this time. So I've had to be more intentional around getting it. So it's just been interesting the way the world works and that I sort of gravitated towards collaborating with you and collaborating with him. And then, you know, our love, Susie Reading, she did this like amazing, um, you know, she does a like short Instagram lives around movement and how it can change your mood or um, thinking about movement with winter coming and having it be like the colder months. And I ended up using a lot of that information for this webinar I just did for some engineers in Chicago around, okay, here's how you can get more energy in your body, more focus for work. Here's how you can shake out some of that energy if you're feeling stuck. Here's how you can calm your body down if you've had a really tough work meeting. And so I've really gravitated more towards the somatic and the movement side just during this pandemic. So that's been sort of interesting. Um, I got all jazzed up after doing some of these collaborations to get like a different office set up at home just to have a better, because I think part of it is just being in denial around how long this was going to go on. Um, 
and so really being more intentional around like creating a space where I can work and I can sit up appropriately and have a nice chair that supports me. And um, because Susie really emphasized like the hunching down that we naturally do when we type on our computer and how that really shifts our mood in a negative way when nothing negative is happening. I mean, you could be writing back the most joyful emails, but you're hunched over on your computer and that's going to shift your energy. And so um, I think just, you know, we said we wanted a catch up episode around how we're doing, just having more and more acceptance for our reality and taking steps to adapt to that instead of just, um, you know, longing to be able to have it be safe to go back to work and be at my old office. Um, it's not reality right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. It, just taking steps to um, make life easier in the ways that we can make easier to make it more sustainable because life is unpredictable still. Yes. So I just thought I was so excited just to have a, a catch up time with you because this is my self care time. I got my Starbucks before I came over, you know, talking to an adult. <laughs> yeah. How have you guys been doing over there? Really good. Um, this last week was pretty fun. Um, so our school district has Wednesdays. All of all students are um, learning on their own. They have like a morning meeting or whatever, but okay. after that, their le their learning plan is all online. And okay. the purpose for that is so that teachers can be um, working on like other lesson plans for the coming up weeks and stuff, so that they have time to do all of that because. Um, you know, teaching online has, you know, up to the amount of work that they're doing. I love that um, plan. Yeah. So um, this last Wednesday, um, we decided we were going to take a beach trip. My daughter had said, um, when are we going to go to the beach? You know, we live in Silicon Valley and the beach is not that far away, but we don't go very often. So um, we said, let's go Wednesday. And so <laughs> We had our kids do all of their like Wednesday schoolwork on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> we had them go to their Monday or their Wednesday meetings, you know, in the morning, the first thing in the morning. And then we went up to Half Moon Bay, went to a pumpkin patch when it's not busy because mm -hmm. even Half Moon Bay, when you're driving up there on the weekend, it's like, it takes hours to get there instead right. of half an hour that it should take. So we stopped at a pumpkin patch um, and then we went um, to the, to the beach and just, I just sat on the beach and watched my kids play, you know, it's like, <laughs> it was really fun. And I was reflecting on this because I think this is like one of the, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that you're able to take days like this, you know, where normally you wouldn't be able to take a day off. You wouldn't just be able to take your kids out of school. You know, I didn't, I didn't take my kids right. out of school. They did all of their school. They just did it um, in a little bit different order. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I don't plan to make a habit of it, but I do hope that we do it occasionally, you know, throughout the school year so that um, yeah, it's bonding time. Um, it helps everybody relax and recover, recuperate. And uh, yeah, it's just nice. It is so That's nice. My, yeah. my, my most recent highlight. Your most recent highlight, yeah. I think, um, I, I feel like it's just been going on for so long, so, so long, Chersky. <laughs> and um, I think the biggest thing for me is just always trying to like reinvent the wheel around connecting with friends because that's the hardest part for me. And so I think I, um, I have like a couple friends that are close by because you know how proximity is key when you've got young kids to friendship, right? right? Um, but trying to expand that or like plan a little bit more so that I could see some people in person because I have had like zoom calls weekly with friends who are in San Francisco and I'm 
we can make this happen. We can just be in person and walk. You know, it just takes a little bit more planning. Right. So I've been trying to do that and just build in some, um, some new experiences, right? So I think that's so nice for your kids that on Wednesday they got to go to the beach or like I'm changing things up so I can see different people in person. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me too is like without a lot of travel happening, I feel like there's less to look forward to. So I, I feel like with, you know, parenting young kids, there's like lovely parts about that and you don't want them to grow up, but there's also very exhausting parts about that. And so you'll have these like night trips away or a girl's trip or something to look forward to, but we don't really have that on the calendar. Um, so we had talked a little bit about Halloween. And so what we decided to do for that, because quote unquote, Halloween was canceled in terms of trick or treating, right. um, we decided to rent like an Airbnb for that weekend. So I am looking forward to that. So this will come out after Halloween, but I just ha think having those little, um, little things in mind to look forward to, whereas typically I'd say that is self-care or fun for me if my kids aren't there. Now is a time of togetherness. At least we can do this thing called parenting in a new environment and um, explore a little bit. So I'm excited. We have that little adventure coming up and it's just something new to look forward to. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely having new things to look forward to and whether it's something really small or something bigger, like going to an Airbnb, like it just helps everybody feel like the, the world is continuing. Yes. Um, and uh, actually after our trip on Wednesday, I said to my husband, you know, we're not taking any trips this year. So why don't you take more like just days off, you know, like Fridays here and there. Right. So that you, we can just have, you know, kind of luxurious weekends or, or little things to look forward to go to the beach more often on typical days when the crowds aren't there. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah. You know, rethinking about like, you know, how, how you spend your time, I guess. And I think we have so much at our fingertips in the Bay area um, that you can do some really fun day trips. If you know, you've got the time blocked off during the week, you can come up with some fun ideas for that. So yeah. uh, and I think sometimes we forget about it, right? Like I, we're so close to Santa Cruz and how often do I go to Santa Cruz? Um, so there's all these places that if I had more time, I would go or that you sort of forget about. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, how are you doing just with like the energy of this time and like working at home and, you know, because you're used to seeing your clients outdoors and walking or running with them. So how is that going for you? Right. So I have returned to seeing a handful of people outdoors and then keeping some people online. Um, it's been going pretty well. I, I would say like work-wise, I am like in a nice workflow where okay. you know, my clients, I have really, you know, sometimes as a therapist, you have a lot of turnover and other times you have like really um, a steady flow. And I'm kind of in like a steady flow at the moment, which mm -hmm. feels really good. You know, it's like very, a lot of consistency with people showing up and like the work is very stable. Um, so that's all really good. Um, I think looking forward, you know, I, my coming up, my kids are going to start going back to school two days a week. Okay. My, my kindergartner just started two days a week. Um, and, but the, you know, it, so the Bay Area, or at least um, our, um, Santa Clara County has it so that um, the youngest um, start mm -hmm. first, and then mm -hmm. it's like a few weeks go by, and then the next group, a few weeks, and then the next group. So, you know, like if you're in middle school, you're not going back to like January. But my little guy started this month, 
And um, I think it's been bringing up some fears for me because even though our um, level of, of, of coronavirus cases in the Bay Area has gone down, you know, we're coming up on the winter months and we're seeing mm -hmm. spikes around the country that it just kind of feels like it's coming, you know, like there's going to be right. a spike. And, and although I'm happy that my kids are um, able to go back for part of the week, it just ups your risk, you know? And sure. so I think that's maybe the thing that is, is on my mind a lot right now is like, oh, um, it's definitely not over. There's a lot of fear still in the air. Yeah. And I think when you look globally, right, you know, there's spikes and returns in Europe and other places and we have the election coming up. So it was just a wild time. And um, it's interesting too, like, as the winter months come up, all of the districts are talking about going back. So your district has a plan and has started. Um, my district for my daughter is working on that right now. And then where I work, there's like lots of votes and things going on right now about that. And it just brings up so many stress for so many people in different ways, right? Parents, I think overall want their kids to go back, but we also want it to be safe, right? Um, and teachers rightfully are really nervous about whether or not it's safe and we know the reality, right? Especially these little kids, they're not always going to remember to socially distance or have their masks on the correct way. Um, so it's just sort of odd, the juxtaposition of like school coming back a bit, our playgrounds are open again. Yes, that's a big, that's, that's a big, big difference. That just happened, yeah. Right. And then, but then we know the flu season is coming and we know these spikes are coming back and we have the election coming up. So um, yeah, it's just such an, it's such an odd and like mentally exhausting time to be um, digesting information and trying to make decisions for your family because there's so much information out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it feels a little bit like we're just like waiting for, mm -hmm. you know, it all to happen. <laughs> we know it's coming, but there's right. not other than just kind of continuing with all the regular stuff. It's like, what else can you do? Right. Yeah. And I, I know for me too, I go back and forth between diving into the news and then retreating because I get overwhelmed by everything out there. So, um, you know, this is a time where it is important to stay informed, but it's also important to have limits around that. So trying, I'm always trying to balance that as well. Yeah. You know, for myself, um, I don't actually watch the news very much, although but pretty much every day I have like a five minute like check-in. What are the headlines? Mm -hmm. And if something seems like there's been movement or on a particular issue, I might dive into an article or something like that. But that's, that works really well for me so that I don't get so drenched in the news because most of the news cycle is just a repetition. You only yes. need to hear it once. So right. once a day, tune in, find out what's going on and then disengage because you don't need to hear it so many times. It just ups your nervous system's reaction. <laughs> yes, to what's going on. Yeah. Um, and how are you feeling about, like, I just was reflecting, we're almost towards the end of our first season of the podcast. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's gone pretty well. You know, I have looked over the episode. This last week I was in charge of our Instagram and I'm getting slightly better at Instagram. <laughs> I would not say that. You're doing just great on Instagram. Yeah, you're you're really like the 
the driving force be behind our Instagram. But um, I'm getting a little bit better at creating content. And but as I was looking over, you know, like past posts, you know, I think we've covered like a variety of interesting topics. And, um, you know, we've tried really hard to stick to our three things of parenthood, wellness, and career. Yes. I think the career piece sometimes gets a little bit muddled with the parenting piece. Um, but at the same time, we're like trying to talk to parents about their career. So it makes sense. Um, but I think we've been pretty well balanced between um, our topics and it's been really fun um, to organize around the topics. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling good. I think we had sort of noticed that the career piece was the smaller piece of the puzzle in terms of what we addressed. But then it was interesting after we said that out loud, naturally we had a few guests on that really tackled all those issues. I just think when we're both creating content, it's not top of mind to create content on Instagram around career, but I think we are absolutely covering it in the podcast. Right. Um, and it is so intertwined, right? Because we are interviewing parents, but I think we've naturally, the last two guests that we've had on talked a lot about that, um, the career piece and the motherhood piece. So um, yeah, I've really, I, I was a little nervous about having guests because I think it's, you know, it's easier just for us to talk one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm getting more comfortable with that now. And I do feel like a different energy. So we're recording now right after we talked with um, Rachel from the Self-Care Survival Kit. And I have like an, an energy about just talking with a, another fellow mom that's so passionate about self-care and wellness. Um, and it's just, I find so neat to be through Instagram connected to these people across the globe. Like I just find that endlessly cool. Um, mm -hmm that a therapist who sort of like was a little bit snobby about social media and thought we just always have to connect in real life. Um, that sort of went out the window when the pandemic hit. And then it's just been so neat to make these connections with people that you never would have met before. Right. You know, um, a year ago, I can't believe it's been a year now. I collaborated with a couple of, of our former colleagues um, to create a wellness retreat for- That's right. Um, yeah, for um, kind of, we called it a networking wellness retreat. Yeah. I think that's what we called it. But I had connected with Jessica Robson of the Run Talk Run movement mm -hmm. based in London. And she came, the, actually the whole thing came about because she was coming to California. Oh, and okay. I had this idea. I was like, oh my gosh, like, would you be like a speaker <laughs> if I put together this retreat, right? So then I reached out to a friend of ours who... Um, um, specializes in like meditation and then another friend that specializes in like art. Yep. And so we did this whole retreat where she, Jessica Robson was the speaker and she talked about how she got run, talk, run started and also about um, her past history with eating disorder. And then I took everybody on a wellness run slash walk. And then we came back and did a meditation and we ended it all with art and I remember afterward, um, the people that I collaborated with, we were all like, this is so amazing that this whole thing came about because of Instagram, because we met someone right. on Instagram that lives in London, right? Yes. And I, I do think that actually because my niche is working with running and therapy, um, I have made all of my most significant um, colleagues that are practicing the same thing, you know, like the people that I like, when I'm like, oh, is this you know, how should I handle this? How should I handle that? These are the people I look to, right? And I found them all on Instagram because where else do you find people that are working in your niche? So. And you were saying too, like the amount of people that specialize in what you do is so, so small. You are going to go around the globe to connect with those people. 
um, right. that are so specifically trained in therapy. And also, you know, you're like a running coach and all of that as well. So I remember you saying that and you have access to these people, which is so interesting because I think both of us have self-published our own ebook and that's so exciting. Um, but you also have access to these authors, these published authors. Um, and I know when I was doing my ebook, I was so naive to everything. I was sort of putting together like a love letter to my favorite self-care practices. And then just my outline around, here's what self-care is. It's more than bubble baths. Here's the barriers. Here's how I think you can cope with them. But then I realized, oh, I need to write about these practices and these authors, but also check with them to make sure that what I'm writing is okay. Because, and maybe you should write about it and not put a quote because they have a copy image around any sort of quotes. And so I sort of got into that. Right. And I contacted John Cabot Zinn on Instagram because his loving kindness meditation is just so important to me. And right. I think it's like, how could you not include that in my mind in a self-care book? And the one it came from was a book that was, we didn't even use at Santa Clara because I think it was one of his first books. Mm. It was not in, it didn't directly come from the full catastrophe of living. It was something before that. Okay. And I said, Mr. John Kabat-Zinn, can I use your loving kindness meditation in my book? And he wrote back, he said, absolutely, like meta, like good luck to you. And I was, I mean, how would that ever have happened? And that was through the DMs on Instagram. <laughs> that is amazing to me. That he is, he is like the top, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I think- I had no stuff, idea you had done that. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot of stuff you can write about and- um, sort of talk around or share or cite somebody's work, but that loving kindness meditation, I wanted his and I wanted his words and I could not in good conscience, like make up a loving meditation that wasn't loving kindness and change the words and say that it was, you know, from me. It's like, this was from him and it's been a practice that's been so, I mean, that was to me my introduction to self-compassion. And right. now we like understand it in a different way. And I love Kristen Neff's work, but that was my introduction to self-compassion. And it's so simple and practical and it's a beautiful practice as you know, not only for ourselves, but for other people, for the world, for where we are right now. Um, and I also contacted BJ Fogg, you know, and he never got back to me, but like John Cabinson has like over 200,000 followers and in the mental health field, he is really, if anyone's interested in mindfulness, we just love That's him. Pretty, right. He's, he's where to start. But you just have access to these people. Yeah. That's really cool. amazing. Yeah, that's super amazing. And of course, we I think we have referenced Susie Reading in like 90% of our podcasts. <laughs> but she's another person where it's like we felt really inspired by her work. We found her on Instagram and now we interact with her, you know, like <laughs> that's well, I mean, you do, but <laughs> you were very inspired by her work and just randomly found her book in a bookstore and then started very to follow her work. And then you told me about her. Um, and we have to talk about this more offline, but she also we Chersey and I text each other and sort of geek out on these things, but we'll be like, oh, look, Susie's following us, isn't this? <laughs> right. And then I, I text her, like, what if we could do a podcast with her someday? And we're like, I, I don't know. It's too big. It's too big a goal. And then she commented on our podcast that we should do a live sometime. And so we have to talk more about that because I would definitely, we're going to make that happen. Um, and it's interesting too that she randomly also just happens to really help therapists in their social media presence as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just, everyone has these different ways that their careers unfold. And I just think it's, um, it's so neat to be able to have a dialogue with these people. Right. I'll, sh I'll share one really quick story. Um, 
So there's this therapist um, in London named William Poland, and he has created this therapy called Dynamic Running Therapy and has a book out on it. And he's been working in this field for like this is his career, right? And um, so I actually found him probably 10 years ago. I found um, his website and then I kind of put it to bed. And when I decided that I wanted to do this, I went and found his work again, read his book. He now has an app out, which I highly recommend to people. And I found him on Instagram, but I was terrified to like actually contact him because I have a fear of famous people. <laughs> yeah. I can't really explain it other than like, I just feel like if I were to talk to them, I would just get so nervous, I wouldn't be able to speak, right? So um, I, even though I really admired him, I purposely did not reach out to him. And then one day he followed me on Instagram and I was like, oh, ah! <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. Anyway, since then, he's reached out to me a lot of times and we've had um, like, uh, we haven't like talked on the phone or anything, but we've exchanged messages um, quite a few times. And uh, just things like that feel so exciting and would not be possible without this online um, platform. You know? It is so exciting. And I feel like um, this is sort of where our world has shifted. And, you know, I miss that stage generationally around like internet dating and all that kind of stuff. It sort of feels like that, like professional internet dating. And I get excited, right? If like Susie reading Swallowing Mirrors made a comment or reposted something. Um, and so I feel like I'm getting a little bit of that experience of what this younger generation has had. Um, and it's just really, it's really neat. And like I said, I love, um, I love having my bias, um, sort of turned around on me because I think as a therapist in training, I just never thought that this would be something I would pursue or that, um, I think in my mind, I thought maybe unprofessional or just, um, that it's a superior way to connect is to connect in person. Um, and so all these different forms of connection fill a different bucket, right? And so it, it, it's all, um, fills some piece for us, but I just think it's so neat to see my mind change so much and to be so engaged with a, uh, a social media tool that I really had no interest in for so many years. Right. Right. So. It's, it's, it's life changing. So for today's favorite thing, we were thinking of sharing our favorite coffee or tea drink. Um, how do you take it? How do you order it? <laughs> um, what's yours? All right. So I think this gets into the holidays, right? Yeah. This is pumpkin spice time. Oh yeah. And I'm going to say it. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin spice there. I said it now. I usually have a couple just to like honor the seasonal change, but then I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I am more of an iced cold brew mm. kind of gal. I think when the pandemic hit, I said, let's just have regular caffeine. I did a lot of decaf before, but I said, let's get that cold brew. Um, I love it. And then we got really into perfecting our recipe. So we had never, so that was just something to do, right? So we got the cold brew supplies, which are very cheap. It's just this one bottle. Um, and then you grind your own um, coffee blend. We do fills right now. Love a fills from San Francisco, a little shout out. And that's our cold brew. And then of course you got to do it with like the heavy whipping cream because otherwise you're not living. And then um, <laughs> I think a little bit of brown sugar. So that's been my go-to. But what I do get excited about, Chersey, is the, um, the peppermint mochas for mm -hmm. more when we get into December. But right. I sort of lightly skip over the pumpkin spice. I'll be real honest. I don't like pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah, there you said it. I ordered it once 
just yeah. to try it. This yeah. was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I did not finish it. <laughs> you didn't finish it. So good. <laughs> I think they're, they're overblown. I think people are too hyped. <laughs> it's, it's a great marketing too, scheme, yeah. right? <laughs> it's too sugary. I just, yeah. I, I, you know, I love sugar. Don't get me wrong, but I don't love sugary drinks. So, um, my husband would disagree with me because he takes his coffee black and I like oh, my wow. cream and just a mm. little bit of sweetness. But uh, yeah, pumpkin spice, no, it's just, it's way too sweet. Do you brew your own? Do you have a favorite coffee place? I also love Phil's. Actually, as you were mentioning um, the cold brew from Phil's, I do have a recipe for um, making their famous um, iced mint um, Mojito. Yeah, yeah, the mint mojito coffee. Yes. And um, that is fantastic to make. I I feel like when I'm, I have like a mint plant at home, so you, I get like the actual mint leaves, just like they do at Phil's, and yes. you just kind of, you know, pound them a little bit so that they release some flavor, and um, and definitely, you know, you got to go full cream. Um, yeah. Not living. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Phil's uh, did that, right? Because I yeah. think our sort of culture around coffee is like, you didn't even think of it, right? You're like, do I right. get... Um, what do they call it? Whole milk? Do I get uh, skim milk? But Phil's was the one I feel like in the Bay Area that really said, people, it's about the cream. Yeah. I said, yes. yeah, you're right. Right. It's a game changer. So Phil's is great. I also really love Blue Bottle. Oh, uh, uh, You know, I used to live very close to the Ferry Building in San Francisco, which when my first baby was born, I lived just in walking distance of the Ferry Building. And so I did I not know to, that. Yeah. So I used to walk with her in the stroller down to Phil's mm -hmm. in the Ferry Building. I believe that was the first location, but I could be wrong about that. It was, anyways, that's where I got Phil's. Oh, no, I'm saying Phil's. Uh, Blue, Blue Bottle. Bottle. Excuse me. Blue Bottle. Blue yeah. Bottle. There was uh, fills in walking distance as well. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, nice. Yeah. But I love the blue bottle. And so it was actually a blue bottle that um, I, I like, I asked them, because I like creamy coffee. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not a big latte person. And so I just asked for a recommendation. I told them what I liked. And they said, you know what? Cafe Olay, that's what you should order. And so then I learned um, what the difference is. So a cafe latte is... Um, like espresso mixed with milk or cream mm -hmm. and cafe au lait is regular coffee mixed with um, milk or cream. And it's, and it's also, I think it's like a third of the cup is cream, um, which, you know, is more than you would put in other things. So that's what I like. You guys steam, yes. steam the cream, yep. and regular coffee. I don't, I'm not a big espresso drinker and just a tad bit of sugar. Sometimes you do yeah. sugar. So that's me. Yeah. And that's the fun part. It feels right. Cause you can adjust your um, sweetness level and your cream level. Yeah. And I love blue bottle too. Um, I also used to live in the city and I feel like San Francisco people, we are snobby about our coffee. And I love that because you love wine, but I'm not huge on wine. So I love that you go to these local restaurants. You'd be like, Oh, what coffee is this? Is it four barrel or is it blue bottle? What do you like? And, right. um, and there was a little bit of street cred of like, I found blue bottle when it was in the alleyway with the thing that opened and I would go there. Um, so, uh, so I love that sort of coffee culture of San Francisco. I am definitely like a suburban person now and the hippest thing we have is Phil's, but I'm very grateful. I still find it hip. And I was there yesterday with a friend and, um, I did the, they have a new one that's called like rosé coffee and it has a little like pink cream on top with a little bit of a rose flavor. And that was really nice, you know, these little things you could 
feel special during this time? You know what? I've been, I've discovered a few different places that have lavender lattes. And sometimes they are too sweet, I will say. But um, if you get the sweetness right, that's also another, you like the rosé where it's like, you just add a tinge of, of, of smell. So it really is what it is. It just makes it feel special. We need some special right now. Well, Tracy, I didn't realize we had this coffee love in common. This was fun. Yeah. I love coffee. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you have some great coffee this week. Yes. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe. That really helps us with the podcast and share it on social media with your friends. And if you want to find out more and follow us, you can go to the mental mile on Instagram. And check our show notes. If you want to um, check out our books, Self-Care 101 for Busy Parents, which is an ebook by Christy, and Running for Mental Health, a How-To Guide by Chersty. Take care, everybody.